Good morning. If you were here last week, we started on a series on doctrine, but before we start on doctrine, we're looking at why the need to have doctrine taught. Is it important? Shouldn't we just be all feely lovey sort of people? Well, we are to be loving, <laughs> but there is a generation that's been raised that is raised just on that. And doctrine does matter. Doctrine does matter, and as I said last week, doctrine will divide. Because if you believe something that the other chap doesn't, then there will be a division there. And uh, we need to be clear of what we believe and why we believe it from the Word of God. Thus, we're looking at these thoughts on doctrine. We need to preach doctrine, especially in these last days, as we looked at and introduced last week. There's the last days, latter days, and last times. And the uh, singular of those are all mentioned in the scripture. They speak to Israel in particular places and they speak to the church. Last days, latter days, latter times, and what will be happening in those times. Um, Scripture speaks about this. The Bible says, Shall he find faith when he comes, speaking of the Lord Jesus. It also says, There will be, in 2 Thessalonians 2, a falling away first. Then the man of sin will be revealed. There are two opinions on that. But most believe that it's falling away into apostasy and liberalism. Away from the truth of God's word. Away from doctrine. And just man's opinions. And the man of sin will appear. And he will appear with all deceivableness of unrighteousness, with all power and signs and lying wonders, it tells us in Corinthians. Now that's after we're gone. Don't worry about him. Don't look for the Antichrist. Look for the Lord Jesus Christ from glory, waiting for him to come. Uh, From the scriptures, there are certain revelations concerning the conditions within the professing church at the end of the age and these conditions as we started looking at last week center around a series of denials a system of denials last week we only looked at one because we spent a lot of time in the intro but the denial of God which results in atheism the world in general is denying there is a God they laugh and mock at people that say there is a God that and he's in control of everything the Bible clearly states, you know, it doesn't even argue the point when it starts in Genesis. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the, the earth. It doesn't say, well, here's a justification for believing in God. It's just the statement of fact, God made the world. That's it. God did exist. But there's a denial of God resulting in atheism. And this morning we start with the, the second point, the denial of Christ in these last days resulting in condemnation as we see in the scripture. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you that it gives us instruction, correction. Lord, it directs us into the path of righteousness. Thank you that you've left us such a book as the Bible, written by many men over many centuries, but we have it complete today when that which is perfect is come and we have that which is perfect. I pray that we would... Spend the time studying your word, that we wouldn't push our own point 
our humanistic point, but we would believe the word and be willing to change and be conformed to the word of God. It's so important. And I pray and thank you for those that have come today. They would each one receive a blessing from the word as you deem fit as your Holy Spirit speaks to each individual through the word. Use it for the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. And be with those that cannot be with us or who are traveling and give them safety on the roads and give them healing in their bodies that they may be once again present with us. Lord, thank you for all your blessings. We ask and give thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> if we turn to 2 Timothy, not in the verse, the chapter, but we, we read, but we'll be there in a while. <clears throat> It tells us here in uh, verse 1 of chapter 4, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing. So it's close to the last days at his appearing. Preach the word. <laughs> That's what we're going to do this morning. We're going to preach the word. As one fellow said, he's going to chop the wood and let the chips fall where they will. And if you're standing in the way, you might get hit by a chip. Of wood, <laughs> and um, <clears throat> we've got chainsaws today. We don't know what that is, but if you're cutting the log with a ch with an axe, the chips fly. And <clears throat> I pray that they might hit us at the right place, that we might be conformed to His image. In First John chapter two, verse eighteen, it says, "Little children, it is the last time, as you have heard." Now that's what John said way back then, <laughs> two thousand years ago, almost. You have heard that Antichrist shall come. Even now there are many Antichrists which we know that, which, by which we know it is the last time. So it is the last time an Antichrist shall appear. There's the Antichrist and there's the spirit of Antichrist as you read through these. But the denial of the Lord Jesus Christ is part of what they who follow him teach. And down in verse 22 of First John 2, who is a liar but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ. He is Antichrist that denieth the Father and the Son. Whosoever denieth the Son, the, we're looking at denials, remember. He that denieth the Son, the same hath not the Father. He that acknowledgeth the Son hath the Father also. So this is a very important doctrine. If you deny Jesus Christ, you deny the father you're not one of his children you're one of the children of the devil of the spirit of antichrist and i pray that you're not in that place today in chapter 4 and verse 2 and 3 of first john it says by this know we the spirit of god every spirit that confesses that jesus christ is come in the flesh is of god so this is the opposite to those that deny we believe that he's come in the flesh. And we read on in verse 3, and it says, And every spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God, and this is the spirit of Antichrist, of which we you have heard that it should come, even now is already present. Right back then, there's those people that denied the Lord Jesus Christ, denied his deity, denied his eternality, denied everything about the, the Lord Jesus Christ. And... Folk, they're around today in great number that deny the Lord Jesus Christ. 
even in our country, as one leader said, and people look up to him in the Baptist circles, said, I don't need someone to die for me and shed his blood for me. He is denying the Lord Jesus Christ. The shed blood is so important. And that, that he was God's only begotten son is very important. If you don't believe that, you're not going to heaven. This is what the scriptures plainly teach. In verse 15 of 1 John chapter 4, it says, Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in him, and he in God. Isn't that good news? If you believe that and confess that, then you're one of his children. Just over in, <clears throat> in 2 John and verses 9 and 10, that's just a page across, Whosoever, in verse 9, whosoever transgresseth abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. Do we need to spell it out any clearer than what the Bible says? It's very plain, isn't it? And all these references. He that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he hath both the Father and the Son. If there come any unto you and bring not this doctrine, receive him not into your house, neither bid him Godspeed. Don't have anything to do with the person that does not confess the Lord Jesus, particularly in the realm of Christian fellowship. No, if they deny it, then you don't believe it. If, if they add anything to the gospel other than believing on the Lord Jesus and what he has done for us, they are denying the Son. If they add other things, you must do this in order to get to heaven. You must do that. No, no. The Bible is very clear about this. Now I said to start, the denial of Christ results in condemnation. And that's exactly what it says after verse 16 of John 3 in verse 17. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He wants the whole world to be saved. That's his desire. That's his will. He that believeth on him is not condemned. But he that believeth not is what? Condemned already. Because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. This is important. Very foundational doctrine. The denial of Christ. This is everywhere present in mainline churches around the world. <clears throat> Romans 8.1 reads... There is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. So, folks, if you've believed on the Lord Jesus and him alone for salvation, there is no condemnation to you. You're declared not guilty before a holy and a righteous God. Secondly, the de denial of Christ's return resulting in a cold Orthodoxy, a deadness in the midst. You say, does it say in the Bible that people would deny that the Lord is coming in the rapture to take the church out? Yes, yes, it does clearly in Peter. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 3 reads, Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days, that's that phrase we started with, scoffers walking after their own lusts and saying, and saying what? You know this verse. Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. 
I can't help but say again that when, when I read these verses, you, you, you think, well, with God, one day is a thousand years, a thousand years is one day. It's only been a couple of days since the Lord Jesus Christ was here. <laughs> and these people are saying, oh, where is the promise of his coming? Because we live in time and we're governed by time and we, we think that way, <laughs> but not God. He, he's made a promise, he will come and he shall come. For this they are <coughs> willingly ignorant of the, by the word of, the, <coughs> of God, excuse me, the heavens were of old, and then he goes into talking about the flood. The denial of Christ's return. And down in verse 9, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but his long-suffering. <coughs> These very people that deny that Jesus is going to come in the rapture and take people to heaven, God is long-suffering with. He's waiting for them to turn and believe on, the Lord, on, on himself. He's long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Repentance and faith and confession of the Lord Jesus Christ. The very God that they criticise is giving them extended time to believe. He's giving the world extended time to believe. And in these last hundred years, the, world, the world's population what, has multiplied three times. Billions of people. And God is extending the gospel out to people today in his long-sufferingness, waiting for them to repent, not willing that they should perish. But the longer he leaves it, the more people are born who do not believe because they do not hear. Have you been taking some tracks out? Have you been talking to some people about the Lord? We need to. <clears throat> you say, well, well, I'm so insignificant. It's just me and one person I'm talking to. <laughs> Don't think like that. <laughs> As we've done in the times past. If one person this year talked to one person for a whole year and they got saved, you say, oh, that's a long time, though. <laughs> not for one soul to be saved, they're very precious. And then those two people, the next year, talk to two more people and, and, and then there's four people. It doesn't sound too hard to me. And you know, in 33 years, at that, that method, eight billion people could be reached. You say, it doesn't work out. You go home and do the maths. It can be, it can happen. But they're denying the denial of Christ's return, resulting in a cold orthodoxy and a deadness. <clears throat> Someone said to me once, well, don't worry about prophecy, which is a third of the Bible anyway, a third of it. It'll all pan out in the end. And they called themselves a pan-millennialist. And that person, when we first got to know them, believed exactly what we do. <laughs> I don't know if he still believes it or is it, don't worry about it. <clears throat> when Pastor McConnell was preaching here on 9, Isaiah 9 verse 6, I wasn't here on the day, I was away and he was preaching. And he probably remembers the day, I do, from hearsay or from record, testimonies, that there's a, he was preaching on Isaiah 9 6 about the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, um, uh, get me started on that. Yes, that was the title of the sermon, From the Manger to the Millennium. And you mentioned that word, millennium. And the person got up and walked out and stood out there 
and was mouthing to the people, I don't know if he's whispering, don't believe a word he says. Don't believe a word he says. Oh, this is pretty tough, preaching to people that at the back of the church are saying, don't believe a word the preacher says. <laughs> Denying the Lord's coming in the rapture, the tribulation and the millennium. And it's a sad state to be in. <clears throat> we had a pastor here years ago, I was going to say centuries, um, decades ago, he was from a Baptist Union church and he preached for us here. Bill Thitchener, he's, since, he's with the Lord. He's been with the Lord for quite a few years now. And <clears throat> he was here and he, he testified to us that in his own church, when the pastor was not present and there was no one to preach, they wouldn't ask him to preach because he believed in the rapture. <laughs> so they went without a preacher for the day that the pastor wasn't there, even though there was someone there that could preach the word. And he didn't say whether he preached on the second coming every time or what when he preached there. I don't know. Uh, <clears throat> had read an article this week. Well, that was a week before, sorry. <clears throat> of a, a, a Christian man who went out in the streets of Sydney and preached the word and had meetings on the street and handed out. And he had a friend that did it with him. We're very enthusiastic. This friend went to England. He got trained. He got trained in Reformed theology. And he come back and wouldn't build a friendship again and denied the rapture and became bitter against any who would teach it. There is this result of denying Christ's return for the church breeds a cold orthodoxy, a deadness to the church, no excitement. It says in Titus 2, 3, looking for the blessed hope and the glorious appearing. It gives us excitement and encouragement to think that he might come when I'm alive. And it gives us comfort too in First Thessalonians four seventeen at the last part of a section of about that many verses, about eight verses. It said, wherefore, comfort one another with these words. It's a great comfort to know the Lord's coming when everything's going haywire down here. It's good to know he's going to come and take us out of here. You know, what comfort is it to think we're going through half of the tribulation? What comfort is it to think we're going to go through all of the tribulation and the Lord will come after the tribulation? That's nonsense. It just doesn't add up. It doesn't make sense logically. And it doesn't make sense scripturally either. The next denial is the denial of the faith. Denial of the faith. In the book of Jude, the book of Jude, and it's only got one chapter, verses 3 and 4, it says this is what will happen in that day. And Jude was going to write about the common salvation. And it was in, he was inspired by the Spirit. It was more needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith. You, that word contention means, you know, you, you hold your ground, you don't give up, and there's a bit of fight in there, isn't there? <laughs> Contend for the faith which once was delivered unto the saints. Now, Jude wrote only about 32 years after the, it was delivered unto the saints, and he said, once delivered unto the saints, and he's adding to the revelation. For there are certain men crept in unawares, he said, who were before ordained 
of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men, turning the grace of God into lasciviousness, even denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. The denial of faith. As I started with, shall he find faith when he comes? Those that preach the truth and doctrine are getting smaller in number and smaller in size. But those that don't and preach humanism and man's ideas are growing and growing. Although in our town I notice the big ones that used to be are shrinking too. And maybe they've run out of puff of getting new ideas or new revelations. <laughs> the denial of faith resulting in seed conscience, capitulation to error and contentions. Next, the denial of sound doctrine resulting in confusion, <clears throat> division amongst the church, a lack of convictions. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, where we read before one verse, the, sec the next verse in verse 2 of 4 of Timothy, 2 Timothy, preach the word, be instant, in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort, with all long-suffering long and, what's the word? Doctrine. Doctrine matters. I remember when Juma come here, the second week he came here, not been able to speak a lot of English, he can speak a lot more now. He's, he got the word out, doctrine, <laughs> didn't you? And I thought, no, he's probably going to stick with us. <laughs> doctrine matters. And I don't know if he'd been taught that back in Africa or not, but it does matter. And because they're going to stop preaching it, the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine that says... But after their own lust shall heap them to themselves, teachers having itching ears. I heard the preacher once say at a pastor's fellowship, <clears throat> and he was a doctor's son, and he said, when you get itching ears, you're about to go deaf. <laughs> and people who have itching ears for doctrine are about to go spiritually deaf. They're not going to be able to discern what is right and wrong if they don't stick to the Bible and the word of truth, literally interpreted. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. That's what it says in that portion of scripture. The denial of doctrine causing confusion. <clears throat> I, I was reading a portion when I was preparing this in Isaiah chapter 30 and how Israel also denied the truth. It says there in Isaiah 30 and verse 9 that this is a rebellious people lying children, children who will not hear the law of the Lord. That's exactly what we're explaining in first in Second Timothy chapter four. Who say to their seers, their teachers, see not, and to the prophets, prophesy not. Be quiet, preacher, I don't want to hear that. Give us something easy for the ear to hear. Gentle on the spiritual stomach. Don't give me reflux after your after the sermon, so I feel like oh that hit me and hit me hard. That's what they're saying here. This is the Jews. Prophesy not unto us right prophesy not unto us right things. That they're asking for a lie. Speak unto us smooth things. Prophesy deceits. 
You know, how far from the truth can you get? That's where Israel got. That's where the church has become or come to in these last days. Get out of the way. <laughs> wow. Turn aside. Out of the way, preacher. <laughs> I don't want to hear that anymore. Calls the Holy One of Israel to cease from before us. We don't want to know about him. We want to know about us. Our felt needs is the saying in these big contemporary churches. Wherefore thus saith the Holy One of Israel, because ye despise this word and trust in oppression and perverseness and stay on them or rely on them, therefore this iniquity shall be to you as a breach ready to fall, swelling out to a high wall whose breaking cometh suddenly in an instant. It's like a big wall in this sun. Tsunami is coming of, of lies and deceit and it's going to come instantly. It's going to fall on this world in an hour they expect it not to come. And I, I, I couldn't help but parallel that portion in Isaiah 30 to what is happening as far as doctrine is concerned today. Well, <clears throat> my favourite as far as Keeping sound doctrine is one verse in Romans 16 under which I've listed a whole heap of other verses. And verse 17 of Romans 16. Now I beseech you therefore, brethren, mark them who cause divisions and offences contrary to the doctrine which ye have learned. And what does it say? Avoid them. Avoid them. You see, doctrine will divide, won't it? Avoid them. There's a, there's a separation there. The trouble is, men of the word who were once of the word have not avoided them and are fellowshipping with them and cooperating with them, and thus we have the falling away first before Jesus comes. That's what's happened. That's why we see what's going on. The next one. This, this is the sixth one. The denial of the separated life resulting in compromise of standards. And back there in 2 Timothy chapter 3 that we read this morning, this know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. The last days, perilous times, denials, for men shall be lovers of their own selves and covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemous, disobedient. And on it goes and it describes like a newspaper written, well, hardly any of them are written anymore, the internet on the news. <laughs> It, it's, it reads just like that. P disobedient to parents. They, they're putting their hands up. What are we going to do with the children? They're running wild. Discipline them. <laughs> oh, that's a bad word in school. Never say no to a child anymore. You'll hurt his character. You'll warp him for his life. <laughs> Remember what they said at Kunamundra after we did the ministry there with the youth? The teachers were fuming. They all went out. The principals stayed in. They had to. They were sitting up the front. The Catholic principal and the, and the uh, local principal of the, the, the state school or the high school. And they went out and they said, you've put our children back five years in their self-esteem. Good. <laughs> we told them they were sinners and need to be saved. And what's wrong with our generation? People are not, young people are not being told there's a right and there's a wrong. There is a no. 
God says no many times in Scripture to thousands of things. But if we deny a separated life, we will just go along and do what we please. You know, the Bible says twice in the New Testament, it is not expedient to do certain things. You might be able to do all things, but it's not expedient. It's not going to bring the desired result in the long term. None of had to say that to some people. It's not expedient. You do that. But if you do it on your head, it's, I mean, it's on your head if you do. Denial of a separated life. And right down through those verses, <clears throat> verses that we read this morning, that Bernie tried to read, <laughs> and we, we partly read there, those verses. Well, what does it say in Scripture about separated life? Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passes away, and the lust of it, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Separated life, we need to live it, it tells us in Scripture, to do just that. Over in First Peter chapter 1 and verse 14, and there's quite a, a few verses we can pick from First Peter about this separated life. Verse 14, as obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lust in your ignorance. In other words, when you were ignorant, you were unsaved, you were walking the way of the world, and you become a Christian, don't go back there. Don't go back to the pigsty that we were once we're in of this world. Peter warns us in chapter 2 and verse 11 of First Peter as well. Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, <laughs> abstain from fleshly lust which war against the soul. Have you, had a, have you had a war in your soul this week? We all have. We all battle the flesh. We all battle the old nature that we still have as Christians. Beseech you, as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from those things that it's drawing you or trying to draw you into. Chapter 4 and verse 4 of First Peter again. In which ye th they, the non-Christians, think it strange that you run not with them. Down to the pub, down to this, down to that in the world. To the same excess of riot speaking evil of you, isn't it interesting? that riots are happening all around the world against governments of the world. People don't want to be under authority. That's another point. But they think it's strange. You don't run with them to their riots. Just listen to the verses. I'll quote them one after the other. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Don't deny our separated life. God wants us to be separated 1 Corinthians 7.31 And they that use this world is not abusing it for the fashion of the world passes away. Hey, if we went from where we are back 100, 200 years, they'd probably jail us for the way we're dressed. That certainly, <laughs> certainly, even 60 years ago would jail people if they went with the little they have on and walk down the street the policeman would apprehend them what's happened oh we've we've become more enlightened <laughs> no we haven't we've become more immoral 
and morality has slipped away. The fashion of the world passes away. You think of going back from where we are back to when the Lord was here and dressed like this, even with a suit on. What's that freak doing here? <laughs> they would say. The fashion changes, doesn't it? They all wore dresses. I mean, <laughs> it looked like that. Men and the women covered up like that. But anyway, 1 Corinthians six twelve: All things are lawful for me. And as I mentioned before, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. I will not be brought under the power of the fleshly things of this world. I'll live separated. James 4, 4, ye adulteresses and adulteresses, know ye not that friendship with the world is enmity with God. Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. Colossians 2, 20. Wherefore, if ye be dead with Christ... From the rudiments of the world, touch not, taste not, handle not, which are to perish with the using thereof. Abstain from all appearance of evil. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Put off the flesh. And we could go on and on about New Testament references that say, live a separated life. The denial, seventhly, of Christian liberty, resulting in conformity to to man-made rules. 1 Timothy 4, again 1 Timothy 4, verse 3 and 4. It says, Forbidding to marry, commanding to abstain from meats, which God hath created to be received with thanksgiving by them them who believe and know the truth. For every creature of God is good and nothing is to be refused, refused if it's received with thanksgiving. Some people, some religions say, don't eat meat. I don't study them up. I, I study that which is right, not that which is wrong. But <clears throat> did, 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 was there a decree passed by the Catholic Church where they were allowed to eat meat on Friday or something some years ago? There was, wasn't there? Because they weren't allowed to eat meat on that, on that day. What's another, what's another group that say you should all be vegetarians? Oh, that's not the greenies. <laughs> mm-hmm. You got it? Someone said it? <laughs> They, hey, I was born in the Seventh-day Adventist hospital. Do I look like one? Do I preach like one? No, that's <laughs> just the hospital I was born in, um, <clears throat> down at Warburton. But I listen to find out what they're teaching wrong because they're here constantly and the same sermons they recycle over and over and over again. <laughs> but, Hey, it was one of them that diddled me out of the price of a new car when I was only 18. So I, have no, I had no respect for them from that point on, really. <laughs> Over at Warburton, where I, did, where, I, where I pushed out a site for an old people's home at Warburton for the Seventh-day Adventists, where I dozed, bulldozed it out, me and another chap. But anyway, that's beside the point. Eating meat. Uh, saying certain days of this, or certain days of that, the denial of Christian liberty. We are, we've been set at liberty. Galatians tells us in chapter 5, verse 1, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty which you have in Christ Jesus. He's made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage, the law and the system of the law. There are those today that are trying to... Trying to Combine law and grace and making a mash of it. 
rabbis are teaching it. They are saying it's right. Yes, we must obey what is truth in the word of God. But the ceremonial laws have all been finished. They're only in a type. We have liberty in the Lord Jesus Christ. He set us free. And two books of the Bible I'm thinking about in relation to that was the book of Galatians that he deals with. That's why he's talking about stand fast in the liberty. And also Colossians about days and times and new moons and Sabbaths and all the things that they go on about there in, 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 the, in the legalistic realm of teaching You've got to do this. The denial of Christian liberty resulting in conformity. Listen to what Jesus said. Matthew twenty-three, fifteen. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you compass sea and land to make one proselyte. And when he is made, you make him what? Twofold more the child of hell than yourselves. In verse 23. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you pay tithe of mint and common, and have omitted the weightier matters of the law, judgment, mercy, and faith. These ought ye to have done, and not to leave the other undone. And the words, the law is good. I am carnal, sold under sin, but not to leave the other undone, but you ought to emphasize mercy and faith and grace that we have in the Lord Jesus, the liberty we have in him. <clears throat> Second Peter. Again, Second Peter, we go back there and, and look at chapter 2 and verse 18. Peter was right on it. He, he, at the end of his life, he was very concerned at the direction churches were taking in his day. And uh, under inspiration, he wrote these words in chapter 2, verse 18. For when they speak great swelling words of vanity, they allure through the lust of the flesh, like Jesus spoke in Matthew 23, those... Through much wantonness, those who are clean escaped from them who live in error. While they promise them liberty, they themselves are the servants of corruption. For of whom a man is overcome, of the same is he brought into bondage. For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ, and are again entangled in it, go back under the old system of the law, and overcome, the latter end is worse with them than the beginning. They're overcome by legalism, Pharisaism. And I don't mean liberty to go out and sin. We have liberty to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. <clears throat> the next is the denial of morals resulting in corruption. And it tells us clearly in the book of Jude and verse 18, there it says, how, that, how they told you there should be mockers in the last days who should walk after their own ungodly lusts. Denial of morals, and we have touched a little bit on that, in essence, earlier in one of the points. And in verse 7, and we touched on this last week, even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them, in like manner, giving themselves to fornication and going after strange flesh, are set forth for an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Folks, in the last year, are you surprised at how fast the morals are going down? How they're legalising immorality and punishing those that stand on the truth? And as I said last week, they might be putting people in prison that dare speak this hate speech of the Bible. Well, 
on the great white throne judgment when they stand before God who are our leaders in government and they're not saved and they stand before God at the great white throne before God Almighty, they will shrink away because of the laws they enforced on the generation in which we live and other governments in times past. The immorality. Whoa, what is happening? Good is bad and bad is good. That's what they're saying and changing it around. Lastly, the denial of authority resulting in chaos and anarchy around the world. And it's only going to get worse. And who will try to correct it will be the old Antichrist to bring everyone under his thumb in brutal submission. You must do or else, do or what? Die. Do or die. It tells us in the book of Revelation that that's, that's where it's headed. And the spirit of Antichrist is becoming more and more active. The denial of authority. And <clears throat> they've created a problem, they're going to solve the problem, and they'll get the power over the people. And again, Jude, in verse 8 through to 10, it says, In like manner these filthy dreamers defile the flesh, despise dominion, and speak evil of dignities, those in leadership. Yet Michael, Michael, the archangel, when contending with the devil, he disputed about the body of Moses. He dares not bring against him, against Satan. Michael dared not bring against Satan a railing accusation. But he said, the Lord rebuked thee. He had respect for authority. You say, well, the devil's the devil. We can say what we want about him. He has been given a realm of authority. He's leader, God of this world. But we don't have to submit to he, what he does. And we say with Jude or with Michael, the Lord rebuke thee. But thee speaking evil of those things which they know not, but what they know naturally as brute beasts, in those things they corrupt themselves. And we could go to Peter, which we won't, but in First Peter 2.13, it there talks about the Christian being in submission to authority. In Hebrews chapter 13, it talks about Christians being in submission to the authorities within the church. And so there is a lack of <clears throat> submission to authority, causing chaos and anarchy. Chaos in the, in the system of the world, chaos in the church. That's what's happening. Chaos. Every man did that which right in his own eyes, it says of Israel. <clears throat> Don't be ignorant, folk, of these things. And Lord willing, as we teach in doctrine, you'll learn some of the truth of the word of God. You're not in darkness that that day should overtake you as a thief. We're not walking in darkness. We've got the light of life, the word of God. And it says in Hebrews 13:9, don't be carried about by diverse and strange doctrines. Don't be carried about by them. It says in Luke 17, 26, as it was in the days of Noah, we referred to it last week, so will it be. Be aware of that. In Matthew 24 and verse 12, because iniquity uh, shall abound, and that's in the tribulation, but it's big, abounding now, the love of many will grow cold. The love of Christians will go, grow cold. The love for the Lord, you know, love the Lord with all your heart, and then love your brother as yourself. The love of many shall grow cold and cynical 
And, and in the tribulation, children will be dobbing their parents in. What are they doing already? What are they doing already? Who are they encouraged by to do this? The, at school, they're, in, they're encouraging the children to dob in their parents. We have parents here that have been drawn before the teachers, the judges. Whoa. Already. And that, and <clears throat> well, they can go on denying their authority. The authority of God. But it doesn't, it doesn't mean there isn't an authority. It doesn't mean that God's off the throne. He's still on it. Second Timothy 3.1 This know that in the last days perilous times shall come. We quoted that one. Second Timothy 4. Preach the word. This is what we should do. Preach the word. Know the truth. Second Timothy 3.3 3. Know and believe the truth. Second Timothy 4.6 and 7 Put the brethren he, he said to Timothy, Paul did Put the brethren in remembrance of these things. Go over it like a broken record <laughs> so that they get it in their head and in their heart and in their lives in shoe leather. James 5, 7 and 8. Be patient. Be patient. For the coming of the Lord draws nigh. Second Peter 3, 1. Stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance. Again, remembrance. Second Peter three two, be mindful of word of the word of the apostles and prophets. Be mindful of the scriptures, apostles and prophets, and the Old Testament saints as well. At John first John three three, purify yourselves even as he is pure. This is what we should be doing. Jude seventeen, <clears throat> seventeen. Remember the words which were spoken unto you by the apostles. Jude is full of exhortations of what to do. Build up your holy faith. Pray in the Holy Spirit. Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of Christ. Have compassion, one of another, and make a difference. Have compassion. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you, Jesus said. Save sinners, verse 23 of Jude, it says save sinners, <clears throat> snatching them even out of the fire because they're going to go to eternal punishment contrary to what the SDAs teach. Anoint your eyes with eye slav, <laughs> as the see in church needs that and we're living in that time. Buy gold tried in the fire, tested faith. People who've been to the mill, listen to them. People who've suffered things in their Christian life. People like Job. People like Christians living today. Listen to them. Buy the gold tried in the fire. And white raiment. Keep the garment of salvation on. I know we, can't, we won't be taken off us. But sometimes we get splattered by the world's spots and sins. These things ought we to do. So we live in a day of denial. Because someone denies something doesn't mean it's not true. And because they deny the Bible and deny God and deny the Lord Jesus and all the other things we've looked at doesn't make it not true. It is true because God said it. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for your word. And I pray for the Christians that have listened to this here.
in the building and those online that you would strengthen them, fortify their faith. May they earnestly contend for the faith that was once delivered unto the saints. May we not drop the ball in the last days, but be those who still maintain the truth of God's word. And Lord, it's not been a salvation message, but there has been warnings if there is someone who is not a believer who is listening today, may they trust the Lord Jesus Christ as their saviour. Him alone, no works will do. I pray, Lord, that you would speak to their heart and your Holy Spirit would convict them, convert them, and that they would repent and be saved. We ask for this because only you can do it. In Jesus' name, amen.